0: everybody, this is David, aka Macintosh.
1: And this is Diane, aka Mod. And welcome to another episode of Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. David, what are we watching this week? We're
0: watching a movie that I'm so, so disappointed that you haven't seen. I don't understand it. We'll have to get into it. It's Bull Durham from 1988. A fan who has an affair with one minor league baseball player each season meets an up-and-coming pitcher and the experienced catcher assigned to him. But we needed some help to go through our baseball memories, so today we have invited a very special guest, David Gossett from Unfollow the Revolution. Hey, what's going on, David? Oh,
2: nothing much. Happy to be here. Happy to uh, talk about the greatest game, baseball.
1: The <laughs> and greatest game. I thought soccer was the greatest game. Now, soccer
0: is the beautiful game. The beautiful yeah. game. Okay.
1: That, okay. As yeah. Kyle
0: reminded us, it's the beautiful game. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: this is the greatest game. Okay.
0: I call it the American game. And this might be the greatest movie about baseball. Indeed. Oh
1: no! <laughs> I firmly disagree. <laughs> I disagree by a lot.
0: After our reactions, David, um, I I knew that we were in for a fun one tonight. So oh, no. buckle up. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a
2: little, uh, it's a little off kilter from a typical baseball movie or or how you would think of it. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> I will give it that it is definitely better than Slap Shot. <laughs> Because That movie was the worst I don't know if
0: you've heard already but we literally gave that movie zero and zero and a half stars Oh hachi Machi okay We didn't even give it we didn't even give it a special rating system like we normally do because we were just, so just mad. we were mad at that point <laughs> <laughs> okay but we're gonna have an old-fashioned throwdown tonight oh for the Durham Bulls the budget for this movie was seven million dollars. Okay. <clears throat> its box office in the U.S. was $50,888,729. It did gangbusters business. Yeah, nice. no, that's
1: that's a nice return. Oh, 88. Yeah. It's 88.
0: And uh, we'll talk about the budget because nobody wanted to make this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that seems surprisingly low for the cast.
0: We'll <laughs> talk about that. So first of all, what the fuck, Diana? Why haven't you seen this?
1: Uh, okay, I don't care about sports. I think I've made that pretty clear by now. We know that. <laughs> uh, but think about the main thing about this movie, is a <laughs> lady is having sex with a player yeah. to make him better. Not get it. This would not have played in my conservative Christian household <laughs> growing up. It that's, just wouldn't have. That's fair. And then, you know, I had... we We discussed this during The Natural. I had... The Sandlot, and A League of Their Own. Why do I need another movie about baseball?
0: Alright, well, David, obviously you have seen this, so... Yes, 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 yes. When did you see this, and tell us about not only that, but your love of baseball.
2: Okay, well, um, I saw this, it was kind of like in the... It's one of those things you just kind of end up seeing as a teenager on, you know, stars or HBO and reruns or what have you. I grew up in the 90s in Georgia with TBS, so... Pretty much all I could watch was the Atlanta Braves all the time, uh, which, I mean, if you were ever to watch the Braves play baseball, in the 90s was a pretty decent time to do it. That was the only time they did anything. I just became a huge fan of it from that. Growing up, of course, like, the Sandlot was very important to me. Um, rookie of the Year, uh, if only oh. for the phrase of funky butt-loving. To- uh, <laughs>
1: oh, yes. Yeah. Forget Absolutely. about funky <laughs> I totally had a crush on that guy. Totally. <laughs>
2: You can you can always find him at Wizard World. He is always attending one at some point for some reason. But yeah, Angels in the Outfield. The thing is, uh, watching other sports or being around other sports, football was always too chaotic for me. Basketball, I could never watch without falling asleep. But baseball is, like, right up there with boxing, in a weird way, the most cinematic sport. Like, it is very easy for me to watch a movie where, like, baseball is the focus of it. And you can get beautiful shots out of it. Like, you can get the drama and the intensity of it more than I could watching, you know, any other kind of thing, really.
0: I get that because at any point on a baseball diamond, you have a wide angle.
1: Yeah, I had never thought about baseball being more cinematic. But you're Um, absolutely right. It is. It
0: depends. I mean, you can can do basketball pretty cinematically, but it's a different kind of... It's Mm -hmm. a different kind. You can't do... A wide open shot. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about with the natural being such mm-hmm. a beautiful movie. Because and part of that, thinking about it, is you have this mm-hmm. giant expanse to film to.
1: Well, and also yeah. baseball isn't always a fast sport. Oh no, it's
0: an incredibly slow sport. Oh yeah. 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 So
1: it so it films better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are always those moments, but still, okay, yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The main way that I have to try to
2: explain it to my girlfriend who is uh, like an Auburn college football, like her entire family is Auburn. And she's been trying to explain why football is good to me and I'm like, I you can <laughs> you can watch baseball for 4 hours and you don't have to pay full attention, but you'll still pick up on everything and it's amazing. <laughs> there yeah absolutely now uh granted kind of contrary to i i guess my point earlier about baseball being very cinematic the way it's shot like this for being you know a very fantastic sports movie and all that it is not shot at all like a baseball movie Uh... (laughs) no which is what's great about it
1: it's not meant to highlight the sport exactly no, really. yeah. at all. Yeah, that's
0: not the that's not the point.
1: I, I'm I was there. I'm aware of that. <laughs> are you?
0: Because I don't know based on the looks you're giving me. Mm. Mm.
1: The Davids are ganging up on me. It's
2: just <laughs> me. There's always another David. I, just, I it's always just so very you know. true. <laughs> all
1: right, Well,
0: right, let's talk about our writer and director. Ooh, it's a twofer. Ron Shelton.
1: I'm not familiar with this name.
0: So this is his debut movie. And he goes on to helm writing
1: and directing White Men Can't Jump, Cobb, and Tin Cup. That makes a lot of sense. Uh Uh-huh. Because I I distinctly remember when Tin Cup came out, people kept saying, oh, it's just like Bull Durham. It's just like Bull Durham.
0: Well, it turns out it really was just like Bull Durham. It is just like
1: Bull Durham, but with golf.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ron Shelton was an actual minor league baseball player. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Before I get more of those details, let's talk about it. Writing and directing. I'm going to start with David because we're going to do a a compliment sandwich here. Oh, okay. okay. Hmm.
2: Well, I mean, for uh, like a debut film, like he does really well with it. Uh, The writing, I guess, as you said, you know, he was a minor league player. So a lot of the interactions even if they're a little heightened still feel very real and uh, i don't know do you is there like minor league teams around y'all at all that y'all go to, or anything like that?
1: We don't go, but they exist. Okay. We haven't ever been. The
0: Frisco Rough Riders are right down the street from us. Okay. And, of course, and of course, we got the Texas Rangers up the other up the oh, other. fair way, enough. So.
2: Well, I, I've been to my fair share of minor league uh, games, which are the best, because you pay like $5 and you can yeah. live like a king. Uh, but basically, <laughs> the attitude of the crowds and the players is spot on. <laughs> like, to this day, it's still like that. But yeah, I mean, this was for a debut effort is pretty strong so i'm it is evident why he kept getting more work doing you know sports stuff so good on well, that
0: kinda, i feel like he kind of self-made these movies part of the deal was nobody wanted to do this because the studio said baseball wasn't marketable Hmm. <clears throat> and we talked about that the natural didn't do very well it no, flopped naturally yeah. no money so the this, this got made through Orion Pictures, which at the time was still kind of a, a second tier studio. Yeah. So he wanted to do it and they gave him a $9 million budget. So all of the cast members all accepted low salaries mm-hmm. because they oh. loved the writing.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's why nice. you got
0: this big name cast.
1: Well, yay for everybody being collaborative
0: yeah and then and then they gave him eight weeks to shoot it and full creative freedom
1: you know that's kind of the way to do it, yeah yeah that makes it fun. <laughs> we don't have a studio head up your butt about things exactly well, and I right. think you
0: wouldn't get as many ridiculous fun moments from this movie mm-hmm. had it been under a giant studio. Mm.
1: what say you, Maud uh okay the the movie is funny. It is fun, and I like all the baseball stuff. I like all of the players messing with each other, all the superstitious stuff. Cut everything out with Susan Sarandon.
0: Yeah, get rid of her. I
1: don't, I don't like the basis because it's just ridiculous. I hate her voiceovers of the. It's like her writing in her diary. I'm going to church baseball. Like <laughs> it's just so contrived but do you hate and also very problematic well yes <laughs> yeah
0: but in at least in a more gentle way than it could have been i mean it could have been a lot worse
1: no, she they, had, they actually makes her a three-dimensional character. She has complete agency over what's happening. Yeah, This is her thing. This is, she owns it. I give them that credit. And they Nuke not...
0: has no power in that relationship. Absolutely. And that that <laughs> no. is
1: quite hilarious. <laughs> He's adorable and I love Tim Robbins. Right. But I just, that as the point of entry into the film is just a no-go for me. So, is it the writing
0: or is it that you hate Susan Sarandon?
1: It can be two things. <laughs> uh, I don't like Susan Sarandon as a person currently. Got it. Okay. But I just don't like her character. I just don't like the idea of her character.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Like, I had more fun with Millie. Oh, God, yeah. Who has clearly yeah. been with every member of this team. Which, she is not a three-dimensional character, and she is way more problematic. But I enjoyed that better than Susan Sarandon. My favorite
0: line in the whole movie used to just be, Hi, I'm Millie. Hi, I'm married.
1: (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) That's great.
0: That's all you need to know. I mean, in so many ways, though, this ushered in the baseball movie. That's fair. Because after Mm -hmm. this, we'll talk about it with the cast, but I mean, this is when you get Field of Dreams, Mm -hmm. Eight Men Out. Mm. We get Major League. We get Mm -hmm. A League of Their Own. And they all come after Bull Durham. Mm. And I feel like part of that was the studios had to perk up and take notice. Mm -hmm. Because this movie didn't only do well in the box office. It got an Oscar nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay. Ah, damn. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) This was a strong-ass comedy year. Rain Man won that year. Okay, yeah. And Rain Man is a dramedy. Has plenty comedic elements. True. Also nominated were A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot this year.
0: So this is the year Kevin Klein won Best Supporting Actor for A Fish oh. Called Wanda, the last actual comedic award given in forever by the Academy. Mm-hmm. Big was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I
1: forgot about
0: this. And then Running on Empty.
1: I don't know about that movie. I don't
0: know. But Rain Man won
1: mm-hmm. yeah, out of that. We covered that in our Oscar series last we year. We did.
0: But eighty-eight, eighty-nine was like that was a, strong... a good comedic
1: year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, this this fits. It is funny. I'm not going to argue with that. It is very funny.
0: I think one of the, one of the other big things that I know about this is that there are tons of baseball players mm-hmm. who, when you go down the list to a person, they say, "What's your favorite baseball movie?" And some will say Field of Dreams, and some might say Major League, but almost everyone goes Bull Durham because that's what yeah. it's like
1: can totally get that Mm -hmm. because we got a lot of that on the road what it's like in the dugout you know how how they interact with each other that's always fun to see portrayed
0: and and not only that but the the common refrain is yeah y'all think that's funny but that's literally what we do
1: that's why we love the sandlot because that's what you did as a kid yeah yeah you, you all think you're Babe Ruth you all think you're amazing and you're just having fun with your friends
2: there's like an unsentimentality to this movie that I think rings so much more true than other baseball movies because they, after a certain point, it kind of wants to get to like a wistful, fantastic days and the halcyon tales and all that stuff instead of just eh, it's a bunch of people doing this and hoping it'll move on and do something better for it. Like,
0: yeah. Well, and our our wistful resolution in this movie is a romance story. Yeah. Yeah. And and a guy basically. Having to quit his love of baseball because he doesn't know what he's going to do with his life. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the bummer ending of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of perfect.
1: Eh, I I I do like that he ha- he he gets let go, and that's just kind of it for him because that's, that's how it is. That's just how yeah. it is. I do like that level of realism. If you don't get injured and you don't leave on your own, you just kind of age out.
0: All right, well, let's get into the super fun part about this, because uh, we got major cast and trivia stuff to talk about. Ooh, so we're going to start with three in a row Oscar winners. There are three They've all won. Oscar winners okay, I've, I've, okay. in the mm. top bill of this cast, and we start with Kevin Costner as Crash Davis.
1: And he won for Dances with Wolves, right? As
0: Best Director. So he's never Darn. won an acting award, but he won Best Director for, for Dances, Dances with Wolves. Okay. What are our thoughts about Crash and Kevin Costner?
2: So I, in general, am not a huge fan of Kevin Costner. Mainly just for his later films are not, they're just not my cup of tea. Uh,
1: you don't love Waterworld?
2: I know, it's, an, it's a crime. I, I always <laughs> went. If you if you ask me what's my favorite movie on water, I have to go with Cutthroat Island. I can't go with Waterworld. I can't help it. Uh Kevin Costner is so good in this. And number one, like, he is uh incredibly attractive in this movie in a way that surprised me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will admit that. <laughs> I
1: do agree. When he came
0: on screen, I was like, damn, damn. <laughs> yes, all right.
1: <laughs> He he does look very good and he has has aged well. He doesn't hold a candle for Robert Redford in those baseball pants. He just doesn't. Nah. It's never true. gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, but this is when he looked his best. Oh yeah. And him against Tim Robbins, I mean he's the Ken doll. He's just the Ken doll. Of course. Yeah. So
0: I'm gonna throw out a controversial opinion here. I think out of the leads, he's the weak link. Really?
1: I think he's the straight man.
0: Hmm. I would I would agree. But I think all too often he underplays that straight man role. He does with against Susan Sarandon. He gets a little robotic mm-hmm. hmm. to a point where I start to go, "Hey man, do you know?" Because this is he's still pretty fresh on the scene at this point. Yes. Yeah. He broke in Silverado in 1985, mm. and then really, really became a movie star after The Untouchables, which was a, the year before this. But this is like this is when he cements as I'm going to be a movie star forever. I'm Kevin Costner.
1: I think he didn't play up the ladies man with Annie. He just didn't. He was just the same guy in both instances. And I didn't like that.
0: But to be Hmm. fair, that's him. I mean, that that makes sense. He shouldn't be any different with Annie than he is in the dugout because he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he wants her, but he is not going to change who he is to get her.
1: Just the way he talked to her, there just was there was no change, and there should have been a hint of it. Well, there's no chemistry between them. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, there's not much. The the thing is, even though he does underplay a lot of stuff, there's there's this weird undercurrent of like barely restrained bitterness to everything that he does. (laughs) That's true. That I really
3: appreciate.
0: (laughs) That is fair. Uh, When you speak of me, speak well.
3: This son of a bitch is throwing a two hit shutout. He's shaking me off. Do you believe that shit? Charlie, here comes the deuce. And when you speak of me, speak well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I
3: love that. That was a great
1: moment.
0: And every line he delivers to Nuke is some of the best things I've ever Mm -hmm. seen.
3: Relax. All right, don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. So some ground ball, more democratic.
0: And then, you know, the the classic is the the meeting on
3: the mound. Excuse me, what the hell's going on out here? Well, Nuke's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. Okay, well, uh,
2: candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a play setting or maybe a silverware pattern. Set. Okay,
0: well, let's get to it. we go. <laughs> We're going through a lot of shit here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good.
1: It is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, that, you that you know matter he's... of fact nature is adorable. Yeah,
0: he's not the weak link. There are just times where I wanted a little bit more, uh, a little bit more emotion out of that character mm. because I feel like. Yeah, he's bitter, but he should also, you know, love the game enough that he's pissed off that it's not being played right. So it's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, after this, then, you know, he does Field of Dreams, he wins his Oscar for Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, The Bodyguard, Tin Cup, and then recently Hidden Figures, and he's on oh, Prestige yeah. Prestige TV now with Yellowstone, mm-hmm. which is getting grave reviews. Hmm. He's playing a cowboy on a television show.
1: Oh, he's on a horse for a couple hours? Big Shuck. <laughs>
0: I mean, he looks really fucking good on a horse, so. Yeah,
1: that's one of the few things he does well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the biggest reason he won out this this role was because he could actually play baseball on and off camera. I mean, right. his athleticism was mm-hmm. what finally cemented it. But, David, I, I, you may have lucked out because this episode, <laughs> we are playing the biggest, most epic games of who could have been better ever. Okay. <laughs>
1: who could have been better?
0: Yep. So we play who could have been better, which is we look at all the other people who could have been cast and see if we think somebody could have played it better. The original top-notch choice for Crash Davis, okay. a gentleman who worked to develop this script with Ron Shelton
1: mm-hmm. because mm.
0: he too had played minor league baseball, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell. <gasps> mm.
1: That would have been so good.
0: I think the only reason he didn't get this was he was maybe a smidge too old. Like just the tiniest bit too old to be able I to pull off the baseball care. scenes. He
1: was so huh. hot in the eighties. He would have.
0: <laughs> he's my pick. Like he out yeah. of out of all these lists, and I'm going to go through a lot of people. He is the one person that I'm like. You could have. You could have beat out Kevin Costner on this.
2: Hmm, it's a strong, strong pick on that one. I, well, hmm. especially
0: I mean, his dad ran a minor league baseball team, mm. and he oh. played
2: yeah uh have you have you seen the the documentary that's on netflix about that no i know
0: about it but it is
2: it is so good it's called the battered bastards of baseball it's fantastic
1: (laughs) we love a good documentary imagine
0: Mm. this but like 20 times dirtier
1: see i want to see that movie
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's about like baseball in the
2: 70s which is the craziest time of any sport ever uh It's good.
0: (laughs) just check that out. So the other contenders on the list are a laundry list of great actors from the 70s and 80s. All right, let's go. Jeff Bridges. All right. Don Johnson.
1: Ew. That's a boo for me.
0: Nick Nolte. Ew. Who was a huge star at the time. But ew. But he had already just gotten off back-to-back movies, and he did not like baseball. That's fair. He preferred football, which is why he did North Dallas 40. Okay. All right, Alec Baldwin. Okay, he was too young. Yeah, huh. Tom Beringer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> who wound up in major league? Yeah, it's...
1: no, <laughs> it's just. No. But it's like poetic
0: justice, like he wound up no, in the other silly baseball great. movie. <laughs> I'm fine with that, but uh, no, <laughs> Harrison Ford.
1: All right, Richard mm. Gere.
0: Mm. He's too pretty. Yeah. No,
1: he's just. Blech. <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> he's. Just <blech. laughs> uh,
0: Mel Gibson.
1: All right. Mm. Tommy
0: Lee Jones. Mm. No. Michael mm-hmm. Keaton. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He couldn't have played Crash. He could Kay. have played somebody else, but he couldn't play Crash Davis. Okay.
2: He could have been like the uh, like a manager or something. He doesn't have the No. Nah, he doesn't look have the build. catcher. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Lambert.
1: Who's that? <laughs> Islander.
2: Oh my god. I want to Oh, no, I just want Crash was just that crazy Christopher Lambert
0: french canadian accent yeah yeah Uh, chef kiss
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i blocked that all out of my head
0: i'm connor (laughs) mcleod of the clan mcleod born in 1519 i am immortal i cannot die (laughs) yeah i know you hate that movie it's the greatest (laughs) movie of all time
1: you wanted to name our son connor i thought about it yeah and i (laughs) flat out refused because between you My dad and my brother, I am not hearing that every day of my goddamn life. And him. (laughs) Yeah, and (laughs) him. And then he would have to do it. The kid would say it, too. Yeah, no.
0: Mm. No. Uh, No. v Bill Paxton. All right. Okay. He could have done it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Ron Perlman. Huh. No. Dennis Quaid. Okay. Arnold Mm. Schwarzenegger.
1: No. (laughs) What? And
0: Sylvester Stallone.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, No. No.
0: I think those two names were literally just, hey, these are the biggest movie stars in 1988. Should we yeah. maybe pass yes. the script by they,
1: them? They do they do big beefy movies. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a
0: studio like, "Oh, let's throw this one out there." Uh, David, I don't know if you have anybody different. I'm going with Kurt Russell.
2: I would I would actually be interested to see how Jeff Bridges would do that. Huh. I think that would be interesting to see. I don't know if it would be the same kind of, like, the most similar to it would be either Mel Gibson or Bill Paxton. And Mm -hmm. out
0: of those two, I would have taken Mel.
2: Or
1: Dennis
0: Quaid. Or Dennis Quaid. He would have goofed it up a little bit more because he was kind of goofy guy at that point. True, yeah. A little more playful. Yeah. I
2: don't know. I don't know. I guess now that I think about it, I think Mel Gibson would have given it more of, like, a weird, super intense, like, hyped about baseball all the time kind of thing. Which maybe wouldn't work. But I think it would be interesting to see.
1: (laughs) Mel would have played with Annie better, though.
0: That's true. He's
1: always good with the ladies, Mm -hmm.
0: and that's why I think Kurt, Kurt Russell, Kurt works because he's got he's got chemistry with anybody that you put him against. Anybody, right? Yeah. If that wasn't epic enough, now let's get to the not so epic game, but for my my pick for the best actor in the whole movie, it's Tim Robbins as Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch.
1: He's adorable. He steals
0: the whole damn movie.
1: He's so <laughs> precious. He's 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 just ridiculous. I do love him.
0: Hey Annie, why are you playing that Mexican music? <laughs> <laughs> She's got Edith Piaf on the record player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's such
2: a naive moron and I yeah. love it. <laughs> yes.
1: All he knows is baseball. And having sex. That's all he knows anything about. And he really doesn't know that much about either one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the biggest thing they have to
0: teach him is he thinks he knows more. So all they have to teach him is, like, stop it. You don't know anything more than yeah. this. Just do yeah. what you're good at. Do what you're told. Just do what
1: you're told.
2: Like, his his defining thing is realizing that, like, I don't have to think about anything anymore. The world will just give me everything now. <laughs> like,
0: yeah Oh. Uh, uh, practice your cliches, bud. Write this down. Write this down.
3: We got to play him one day at a time. Got to play. It's pretty boring. Of it? course it's boring. That's the point. Write it down. One day at a time. All right. I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. I know. Write it down. I just want to give it It's my best shot, and the good Lord willing, things will work out. He's too stupid to remember cliches.
1: Yeah. (laughs) it's pretty great.
0: He's mostly a bit player up until this point, until Top Gun. That was honestly the first big movie I saw him there.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Hmm. Uh, So he plays Merlin in Top Gun, and then uh, this breaks him. So then, you know, he does Tape Heads, Cadillac Man, Jacob's Ladder, gets a huge turn in the player. Robert Altman's the player, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. He directs and stars in Bob Roberts, which, if you've never seen, is a super fun movie where he plays a folk singer Republican running for Congress. Oh, okay. You. And has songs like Drug Stink, They Make Me Sick. <laughs> you also get a super young Jack Black in that movie as one of oh, his like fine. creepy oh, devotee, devotees. Fine. It's oh. a faux documentary. It's very good. Shawshank, obviously. Yeah. Right. I mean. He wins his acting Oscar for Mystic River. Oh, mm-hmm. In two thousand
1: four, yeah, yeah, recent ish.
0: And then you know, throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of the two thousands, there's a whole lot of uh, comedy bit parts. So mm-hmm. he showed up in like Anchorman and Portlandia, uh, and right now he's doing a, a couple of prestige TV things. He's working with HBO and some stuff. So he's cool. kind of made that turn.
1: Yeah, and then of course he met his lady for a long time on this film. Yep, he met mm-hmm. Surandon
0: while making this film. Also directed and was nominated for best director for Dead Man Walking.
1: That's right. He oh, directed yeah. that. He
0: Directed that. The studio wanted Anthony Michael Hall. No. Mm.
1: Not Anthony Michael Dining Hall. No. <laughs> this was no.
0: He was still super scrawny. Yeah, that no. I know. He looks way different now. We're not far off. I mean, if he had bulked up a little bit, because nah. because he, he yeah, still he did...
1: looked like his character from, yeah. <laughs> from Breakfast Candles. Club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, no, he he couldn't have pulled it. Charlie Sheen was definitely considered, okay, and would have Mm -hmm. been a great pick. He then went and did eight men out, okay, and then major league, major league. So he made the other one. Mm -hmm. And David Duchovny,
1: oh, interesting, huh?
0: In another world that could have worked, Duchovny was he wrote that line between comedy and weird drama real Mm -hmm. well which is what wound up making him really good for the X-Files. But having seen him in Twin Peaks
1: mm-hmm.
0: and thinking mm-hmm. about it, I was like, he could have easily gone down this other road. He
1: hmm. wouldn't have brought the goofy in the way that Tim Robbins did. No. Yeah,
0: yeah. But they had to fight real hard for him. Well. And I think probably, you know, he just pulled it off by the skin of his teeth on just acting the hell out of an audition.
1: That, and he was cheap. so That too. That helps. Yeah, I'm gonna still I'm gonna stick with Tim Robbins here. Obviously, that yeah,
2: yeah. Robbins, I, Kurt Russell. I think Tim Robbins was the right call on that one too.
0: Mm. Now, what I probably should have picked as the weak link in the movie, Susan Sarandon as Annie Savoy.
2: I don't think that's necessarily the fault of of the actor. Unfortunately, a lot of that is just that character is on a different plane of existence in a lot of ways, and uh, it's hard great. to like. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe, but I also. I would also say that with the right actress yeah. grounded in the right way, I think you could pull it off. I think that dialogue exists somewhere where it's usable. Mm-hmm. I
1: feel like she she plays it very whimsical and mm. it ju- it's just not just very believable.
0: I would like her to be a little more earthy. I would I would like the whimsical, weird nature of mm-hmm. it, but then also have that that jadedness because she's been doing this for however long. mm
1: mm-hmm
3: yeah like
0: unless she's gonna be sort of this angel type character that disappears into the mist afterwards, yeah, like she's yeah. some sort of magic woman <laughs> because otherwise man it, it it doesn't make sense. It would be nice for her to feel a little more real and grounded. And I don't think Sarandon brings that. She's just kind of light and airy and fluffy going through the movie, which then doesn't make sense. Her best moment is when she breaks down whining because she can't have sex with anyone. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty funny.
1: This is the damnedest season I've ever seen. I mean, the Durham Bulls can't lose and I can't get laid.
0: Of course, she didn't really. I mean, honestly, she doesn't break as a movie star, movie star until Thelma and Louise. Which was 89. 91. 91?
1: This is 88, Hmm. yeah. I know this is 88.
0: I mean, Rocky Horror was the big first credit, but again, that was not popular until well after
2: it was released.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, she does The Client. She wins her Oscar for Dead Man Walking. Mm -hmm. Then Mm Stepmom, Igby, goes down. She did a big long stint on Ray Donovan, apparently. Mm -hmm. And her news credit, she's going to be in the Big Lebowski spinoff Going Places, the movie about Jesus. John Turturro is directing... Oh. A spin off about Jesus.
1: Jesus Pazuda! <laughs> uh huh.
0: One of the things they brought up about it was that while the Coen brothers created that character for him, mm-hmm. he actually came up with most of the character and mannerisms. So, in a lot of ways, him doing a movie about that character makes a lot of sense.
1: No, that's cool. Okay. I'm fine with yeah. all that. That's just, I didn't know that was in existence at yeah. all. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. That's happening. Interesting. That's, okay. that's
0: supposed to be coming out this year. So, yeah, right. there's
1: already so much shit coming out this uh, year. <laughs> it's going to be rough. <laughs> there's so much Oscar bait. <laughs> Ugh. All right.
0: Again, the studio was not really interested in her initially, so she wore a low-cut top and went into the president of Orion Studios and leaned over his desk for half an hour. Well, she well, showed off the goods. Definitely in character. And as okay. she said, I knew what I had to do to get the role. Hmm. All right. Now, let's see if anybody could have been better. Hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: All right, yeah. She mm. was
0: too young at the time.
1: I believe that. Fair. Kelly
0: McGillis
1: of oh, Top Gun From fame. Top Gun, yeah. Hmm.
0: Uh, she took The Accused instead. Melanie Griffith.
1: Ooh. Hmm.
0: Who I think would have been really good, but she was too busy doing Working Girl. Sybil Shepherd paired with Bruce Willis as Crash Davis.
1: <gasps> huh.
0: They turned it down because of Moonlighting.
1: That's fair, but still, yeah. I I love them together. Moonlighting was precious.
0: Here's my low-key pick right here. Carrie Fisher. Okay. She would have been awesome. She would have gotten that jaded she part. She would have. Yeah, yeah. She would have
1: had that madam quality to her.
0: But also could have played yeah. the Church of Baseball part, too. Oh, abs- no, no,
1: no. She would have added all that nuance. You're right, uh-huh. Yeah.
3: So she
0: she auditioned for it, but she ultimately decided not to do it.
1: Huh. Well, that's annoying
0: i know because i think she would have been really good
1: her and tim yeah.
0: robbins would have been
1: great oh yeah don't mm-hmm. know about her with kevin costner
0: it could have worked
1: eh, but <laughs> her with kurt russell would have been great <laughs> <laughs> just gonna go back in time and fix all this anyway
0: we also have deborah winger no. Kim Basinger, mm. also too young.
1: Barf. That mm. woman cannot act her way out of a paper bag. I'm sorry. Yeah. She can't. <laughs> it Makes me mad.
2: You got someone who agrees.
1: Yay. Yeah, you...
2: Kim Basinger is not much of a...
1: <laughs> I'm mad entity. about her Oscar. She needs to go to timeout with Gwyneth Paltrow. You do not
3: deserve those. You go sit over there and feel bad about yourself. <laughs> so if you had... Alright.
2: <laughs> Rapid fire. You have your one time travel. Do you go and Get Kurt Russell and Carrie Fisher, or you do do you take away Kim Basinger's Oscar.
0: I get Kurt. I get Kurt Russell and Carrie Fisher. I can live with the bad Oscar. <laughs> okay, that, that happens all the time. Who was
1: Kim Basinger up against that year? I have no idea. Who lost because of her?
0: Okay, look, we're gonna put this up as content later, guys. I I yeah. can't go look it up, but no. I guarantee you, we will go figure this out, and then we'll let everybody vote on it for sure.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. We'll put up a poll about what which who one should have who should
0: have gotten Kim Basinger's <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> um, also rounding out, Mary Steenburgen.
1: Oh, she, she could have been good. Who we now yeah.
0: know is a comedic genius.
1: She's precious. Yeah, yeah.
0: Kate Capshaw, Mrs. Steven Spielberg. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that seems hmm. the very appropriate reaction <laughs> to Kate Capshaw being in this movie.
1: Huh.
0: Gina Davis.
1: Okay. All she right. She would have been good.
0: And... Afraid of being typecast, so turn down the role, Isabella Rossellini.
1: Yeah, she would not have been. She wouldn't have worked with this type of comedy.
0: No. No.
1: I'm going with Carrie
0: Fisher. Me too. You got somebody different.
2: (laughs) Yay. (laughs) No, (laughs) Carrie Fisher is universal. (laughs) Uh, We miss you so much.
1: Yeah. Come back. Come back, I miss her snark. We need more snarky ladies in the world. Uh, Anyway. I'm doing my part. I can't fill that that void. No. Yeah.
0: Our other two kind of secondary leads we've got Trey Wilson playing Skip, the actual manager manager. Okay. Mm-hmm. You may also remember him from our other our first ever Macintosh and Mod haven't seen what he was Nathan Arizona in Raising Arizona. Oh yeah. And he was mm-hmm. the dad. Okay. And also played Sam Phillips in Great Balls of Fire, the Jerry Lee Lewis biopic with Dennis Quaid.
1: That movie is so weird.
0: But. This is a really sad story. He was a like, I mean, with those roles, he seemed like an up and coming on the rise guy. 7 months after they made this movie, he died of a brain hemorrhage. <gasps> oh no. He was 40 years old.
1: Wow, that Whoa. is sad.
0: So this is this is a dude who would have been just like a, a legit great character actor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he could have been doing some really amazing TV work now. And
0: he just he got cut off right as oh, he started to peak. That's it's a sad. shame. So I, I, he, he plays the baseball manager role really well I think mm-hmm. the best scene is when he goes in there And, and tells him about lollygagging But only after Crash says He's just like, you know, I'm just trying to be nice to him Scare him <laughs> <laughs> And then he finally decides to throw a fit
3: You lollygag the ball around the end You lollygag your way down to first You lollygag in and out of the dugout Do you know what that makes you? Larry? Lollygag.
0: God, it's so good. (laughs) We're just like, none of these people actually, it's a job. It's a job, and that's what makes part of it so amazing to watch, is they treat it like a job. And finally, we get Robert Wool as Larry, a.k.a. Arliss. I don't remember who that is. Oh, he's the backup manager. He's the oh, one who goes yeah. to the mound.
1: Okay, sorry. Th- that dude who knows all of Annie's tricks. Oh, God. Okay, yes. Okay, yeah. I didn't. He's... I never caught his name in the movie. That's why I didn't know.
0: Yeah, he's Larry. Yeah. Okay. He steals every scene he's in.
2: Robert Wool steals every movie he's in. In general, <laughs> to this day, he is my favorite part of Batman '89. <laughs> Just his character is so good.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: I had him in that, and I had him in Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, yeah. But really, never. the biggest thing he did was HBO's Arliss as as Arlis, the sports agent.
1: Mm. I've never seen
0: that. Yeah. What's really funny too is they use him almost as exposition.
1: Yeah. No. No. Yeah. He he's absolutely, but it works. But well. they do it
0: in the silliest way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like he's reading Mayan art, that the, <laughs> the art of Mayan <laughs> culture. Respect, so he can know what Jose needs.
1: He's he's layered. He's layered. He
0: is the goofy clown version of Red from the Natural. He he's the player is. manager, but he's also super goofy and stupid.
1: Oh, Richard Barnsworth.
0: <laughs> he was really great. Mm. And we have a few Arpons.
1: Arpons. Random, random persons
0: people. of note. <laughs> uh William O'Leary playing Billy, super Christian baseball player. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. biggest claim to fame, he did 30 episodes on home improvement as Marty Taylor. <gasps> that's where i recognized him okay no idea Mm -hmm. do not remember home improvement that well besides the main cast
1: i really enjoyed that show that show was fun
0: it was fun jenny robertson who plays millie Mm -hmm. this was Mm -hmm. her first movie okay ever hey good Mm -hmm. for her mostly did a bunch of tv work was in the boys next door the more interesting note for her is she has done a lot of work with the reno 911 crew and the extended universe of
1: the state Okay. Really?
0: She's kind of, she's done Reno 911, Children's Hospital. She was in Ken Marino's Devil Baby movie or whatever. So she's, yeah, she's in kind of in and around that crew a little bit tangentially. That's pretty cool. But by far, the most interesting arpon we have here is Max Patkin, the clown prince of baseball. So the gentleman that you see clowning in the stands, doing all the crazy moves and stuff, the old guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and then talking to Annie and Crash at the bar, he's a big, giant deal in baseball.
1: Okay. okay. He
0: started out as a player before getting injured, and then after World War II, while he was serving, or actually during it, he got a reputation mm. as a jokester, and one of the biggest things was a guy hit a home run, and in mock anger, he chased him down the field making clown faces. Well, everybody loved it so much that when he got out of the army and got back, Bill Veck the crazy weird ass promotions guy in Cleveland hired him as a manager. And then he barnstormed around different baseball towns and minor leagues being this clown. He could manipulate his face and do all sorts of crazy moves with his body. And he became just a clown mascot all around barnstorming fields.
1: So he's the Bill Irwin of baseball team. He is. Mascots. Huh.
0: He estimated that he did 4,000 appearances. Wow. And okay. he did not miss a day of work from 1944
1: to 1993. Damn.
0: Whoa. A lot of people thought he was eye-rolling and annoying because he was just being a goofball. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in baseball circles, they loved him. And so having him is kind of like a good luck charm for this movie in a lot of ways.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I like that.
0: So he is a very good random person of note. That that is right like a on. good
1: random person of note. Right? Yeah.
0: Okay. Epic trivia. Epic trivia mm. for this movie. The line where he talks to the Bat Boy.
3: Get a hit, crush.
0: Shut up. That was ad lib by Kevin Costner. <laughs> <All> <laughs> the right. Bat Boy did not know that was coming, and he started crying right after.
1: <laughs> Poor the Bat no. Boy. To which I'm
0: sure Kevin Costner went, "Oh kid, no, 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 no. It's
1: okay." <laughs> No, i could see kevin costner be like Buck up he might have just <laughs> yeah. been in character too, <laughs> I so. seen yeah. him being like that.
0: he might have just stayed in character and then we found out later and probably gave the kid signed a baseball and gave it to yeah. the kid that seems like the guy he is <laughs> hmm. the note that crash writes to uh annie mm-hmm. does not say i want to make love to you it actually says and you can see it in the movie let's fuck sometime <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's such a sweet valentine. So Millie oh. is
0: reinterpreting it for her, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that, yeah, that's good. Yeah. They filmed this movie in October.
1: Okay. So when okay. they're
0: at nighttime scenes, you can actually see their breath because mm-hmm. it's cold.
1: I did mm-hmm. notice that a little bit. Yeah.
0: They were not filming during normal baseball time. They were filming in October in the off season, but that meant it got cold outside. Yeah. Mm. The Durham Bulls at the time were and still are an actual minor league team. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, At the time of filming, they were the A-ball team for your Atlanta Braves. Yeah. (laughs) Now they are the AAA affiliate for the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. This season, they are 79 and 60. They have already clinched their division, so they good. Nice. good for them. They are very good. Grady Little, the actual Durham manager at the time, and who went on to be a pretty good journeyman manager in Major League, he is in the movie credited as baseball trainer. Okay, so I guess he was in the locker room helping with the coaches, and mm. he uh, he got in the movie. And the billboard with the bull was created for the movie, but the team kept it and still uses it.
1: Yeah, I can see that. All the right. free steak that billboard. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's fun. Now, yeah. do they actually get a free steak? If I have you hit no the idea. They did because they say. have to be doing that at the stadium. I'm sure they did. Yeah. There's there's no way you can't if you're gonna have the actual bull. Oh there. yeah, I'm sure I'm yeah. sure they
0: get a free steak somewhere on Durham. Okay. We, need, we need to ask our friend Dan Spencer of Kids on Bikes, whether or not, because, you know, that's kind of where he is. It's true. Baseball things. Annie is an actual baseball term for a groupie. Hence, oh. why she is named Annie Savoy. The
1: Savoy. Savoy huh. special. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. When
0: Crash says, I hear you can't hit water out of a fucking boat to nuke, that is an actual quote from the great manager Tommy Lasorda that he said to one of his own
1: players. <laughs>
0: He was Tommy Lasorda. He was the manager through the 80s and 90s of the Los Angeles Dodgers and just a big time baseball manager. But he actually said that to someone. And the rainout was based on an actual event that Ron Shelton was a part of. He played in the Texas League, but his team was in Amarillo and they were there for a season ending series. The night before that game, he and some teammates were out partying and decided to go and turn on the sprinklers and flood the field. The only difference is The Amarillo team rented a helicopter, dried the field, and they played the game. Wow. Wow.
1: That's insane. That's called getting your money. That's fair. That's
0: fair. (laughs) All right. The crowd at the Durham baseball game were populated mostly with extras that they picked up from a Chapel Hill Pink Floyd concert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay.
1: This is not your normal crowd Which is <laughs>
0: why if you are looking in the stands You can see quite a few of them have Dark Side of the Moon t-shirts on I, huh.
1: I never noticed that I didn't
0: either, but it's in there So it's like, okay. I gotta go watch this again Yeah. Peyton Reed, the director of Ant-Man Claims he drove a van on the set of this movie And has a picture of Susan Sarandon signing his forehead <laughs> okay. okay. Every piece of trivia is goofier than the rest I love it <laughs> Paula Abdul choreographed Nuke's bar dance moves. Really? Thinking that she would get lines in the movie.
1: Oh. Yeah. When she well. found out she
0: wouldn't, Ron Shelton claims she marched off screaming. Well, she's mm. always
1: been an entitled person. So Especially. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Especially in '88. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Mm. Annie Savoy may be related to a certain New York Knights bat boy, Bobby Savoy. What? Of the Savoy special from The Natural. Yeah. It's a it's a little theory out there we can float. And finally, there is, in fact, a real baseball player named Crash Davis.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. At the
0: time, he was really out there, and Ron Shelton knew that he had to ask him to use his name for the movie. Crash asked Ron Shelton, do I get the girl in the end? And when Ron said yes, Crash signed his name over.
1: That's cool. <laughs> That's All right. You don't, yeah. you don't want someone to take your name if you're going to be a chump.
0: I was like, yeah. the real Crash is like the actual Crash in yeah, the
1: movie. Of That's good. <laughs> I like that. Uh,
0: huh. All right. That leads us to our rating. How many pairs
3: of shower shoes <laughs> are you going to give this movie? Your shower shoes have fungus on them. You'll never make it to the bigs with fungus on your shower shoes. think classy, you'll be classy. If you win twenty in the show, you can let the fungus grow back on your shower shoes and the press will think you're colorful. Until you win twenty in the show, however, means you're a slob. And of course you may give it a
0: half, which would mean you would give it, you know, however many pairs <laughs> plus one shower shoe. And you can decide if you want to put fungus on it or not. Hmm. It's a lot of modifiers.
1: It's it <laughs> a, a lot.
0: A lot of ins right. and outs. I'll start. It's my movie this week.
1: Yep, yeah, we you have to pick gift, go first.
0: I'm going to go three. You know, it's not the greatest movie in the world. I do get that. I do get that the romance part of it is just completely falls apart upon any actual critical look. But damn it, this movie is baseball. I mean, there are movies that are about baseball. Mm -hmm. This movie is to a T. And it is baseball in the way of truly what it's like to be a player just trying to make a living and and work your way up to to the major leagues. To a man, everybody says it's like this. And almost every movie after this cues off of it. I mean, we talked about the influence of the natural in how we beautifully film things, Mm -hmm. things like Moneyball. But this movie hits at the core of how these guys talk about Mm -hmm. baseball. So three is good solid, but they're all clean shower shoes and you can totally wear them in there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Maude, what do you have for it?
1: I'm going to go two and a half. Okay, But there is some fungus on there. (sighs) It's a fun movie, but I have some problems with Annie's character, and not just because of Susan Sarandon. uh, Though now I'm dreaming of Carrie Fisher and Kurt Russell. So that's (laughs) going to keep my brain happy for a little while. It's just, um, I got bored watching this movie. Because the romance stuff drags, and it it takes away from the fun baseball stuff. And as somebody who doesn't really like sports, I enjoy the baseball stuff. I do. So I want more of that. So it's a two and a half.
2: All right. Well, I think that I would have to go with uh, three and a half uh, with fungus. Uh, but that's because at this point it's in the show. So now it's just colorful and it's not disgusting. <laughs> um, okay. Nice. I enjoy this movie. It is. It's like a, a perfect light meal. So the stuff that is, doesn't quite work, I can just sort of let it wash over me. And on any given, you know, on any given 10 minutes, there's something that's just going to make me laugh out loud. It's always going to entertain me a little bit. I can just sort of watch this on any random weekend or if it's on TV or whatever and have a good time with it. So, yeah, uh, three and a
0: half. All right. Well, this this wraps up. Our sports series—you got to be on the final one, man! Oh, fantastic! I get to—I get to do the go home. Fantastic! It's a good—it's a good. We we ended on a home run, get the record, and retire. Nice. Crash just hits that last one. <laughs> and you know, since since our next month is Spooky October
1: Spooky Ween,
0: we're gonna start doing some spooky movies.
1: Yeah, next time it's gonna be Saw. Ooh. Yeah, we're taking like a sharp. Left turn from sports movies into horror films. Into creepy town. But before we go, uh, David, if our listeners want to find you on the internet, how can they find you?
2: Oh, uh, well, luckily, there's plenty of options out there. Uh, first and foremost, you can find me at unfollowtherevolution.com. Uh, that's for my podcast, which is basically uh really dark dystopian improv comedy uh, it's set a thousand years from now, where our current political situation just keeps getting worse, and people have to deal with that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @unfollowtheRevo, uh, or on Instagram, uh, just unfollow the revolution. We update that more than uh, other places. You can also find uh, us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Your podcasts are found, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In all the places. Yes,
2: all the things.
1: All the things. <laughs> all well, the stuffs. Thank you so much for being a guest and coming and talking baseball with us. Oh, thank and, you
2: so much for having me.
1: And we'd love to have you come back another time.
0: Of course. So until next time.
1: Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at mod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.